0: Welcome to Infinite Impact Radio, a podcast for Impact Influencers, by Impact Influencers with world-changing missions. Hey there, Impact Influencers, my name is Evans Pupman, I'm the founder of Infinite Impact Coaching and Consulting and the host of Infinite Impact Radio, where I interview entrepreneurs about their purpose-driven businesses and their missions to contribute towards creating a positive ripple effect in the world. Thank you for joining us today, and I look forward to sharing your world-changing mission soon. All right, welcome to Infinite Impact Radio and TV, the show for impact influencers by impact influencers with world-changing missions, and I have with me a very special guest, somebody I'm excited to have on. It's a brand new decade, and you're the very one of my very first interviews of the new decade Maya so this is Maya McNulty um, and I'm really excited to have you we were just chatting we're in a coaching group together we were there in the beginning and this is the first time we've really talked to each other in person so um, before I let you introduce yourself I'm gonna jump in because I saw this on your Facebook profile and I loved it and I wanted to share this it says this was Maya's Facebook profile it says I am the fundraising maverick. I maximize fundraising by thinking like an entrepreneur. So I think that really wraps up from what I know of you and what you do. That is like, that really gets it in a nutshell. So um, if you would, well first welcome and thank you for being on. If you would just sort of connect the dots on who you are and what you do. So everybody can get to know you a little bit.
1: Evan, thank you so much and happy new year to all your guests. Um, I hope that the year has started out to be fantastic and You know, I pick a word every year to help me uh, to stay focused. Um, And maybe your word can be focused, or perhaps um, you can use the word. uh, My word last year was intentions. Like, if it it aligned with my intentions, I did the thing. If not, I didn't, if it didn't, like, move me forward. So for 2020, my word is impact. And it's crazy that I'd be your first show Mm -hmm. on impact talking about impact. So I'm really honored to be here. And yes, it is true. I maximize fundraising by thinking like an entrepreneur. I'm a hardcore, I see you have the diehard shirt on, diehard um, entrepreneur. And uh, I hope this message today as we're talking to your audience that they're inspired and that they want to have world change and not only um, say it, but actually be active and take action in being that world change that we so need today, especially if they have young children that are watching them um, to inspire them. I know I have a a daughter now, she's 19 in college, and throughout the years I've I've taught her how to be um, a volunteer, how to have impact in her community, which actually led her to get a scholarship for studying so, you never know who's watching or who you're impacting or what the reward would be. And you're not doing things because of the reward of a pat on the back. You're doing it because it's the right thing to do. Do you have integrity? So, I'm excited to share the story with you. I look forward to your questions and uh, getting to know your guests a little better and you.
0: Oh, great. You know what? I love that you mentioned that because, one, you know, on the podcast artwork, it's we have that. I have an image because when I had this show, I had in mind, you know, like the pebble hits the water and it creates positive ripple impact impact, or effects forever. And when I think of this generally, I'm thinking about the people we work with, but you just pointed out, you know, you never know who's watching you. Maybe it's your child or your children. And I thought that's actually really cool. I never thought about it that way because the positive things we're doing and the impact we're making, they're being recognized by our children, so it's really making not just we're not just expanding out to our clients into the universe that way, but also into our family. So I love, I love that you brought that up. That's a, you're the first person that's ever mentioned that, and I love, gave me a new way of thinking about it.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. I feel that how you know a lot of it starts with you, right? And it starts in your home. And if, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So if you're kind in your home, you're going to be kind out in society. If you're miserable in your home, you're going to be miserable out in society, right? We're a reflection of that, right? It's a mirror. So I want to lead with positive impact. I want to lead uh, a legacy that, that people are proud of and they're proud that they knew me once or they knew me when and um, that they were able to grow, that I was approachable. Uh, and they enjoyed the time that I spent with them and the impact that was, whether it be for an organization or if it was just a nice coffee or a friendly conversation, somehow impact them in a positive way. It's, sometimes people think you have to do this big thing to have impact, right? Maybe you have to run a race and, or get into shape or you're like, how do you feel inside? You know, when we pour from a full cup and you know, like you don't necessarily have to be 125 pounds an ideal five, six 125, 24 inch waist, which I was once, but, um, (laughs) but you know what I'm saying? Like we all have this ideal image of what perfect looks like. And that's part of like, I think why, like um, when I think of mean I do advertising. So when I think of commercials and, and way people feel they're, they're comparing themselves to what society's norm is. But today we're just the melting pot of really a lot of amazing goodness. And sometimes people feel that they get these insecurities because of all these things that are plaguing them and telling them they have to be like this, they have to do this thing, they have to be this way. But if you start pouring into yourself and pouring into your family and bringing your family along, uh, you, that message resonates and it gives them longevity. It gives them uh, something to look forward to. It fills a, um, a tradition, right? Uh, when people like Thanksgiving, they're like, Oh, let's go feed the hungry or Thanksgiving. Let's go for a run. Like there's a tradition in the times, Let's go for a hike. Like we, Oh, this is our tradition to go to this, um, uh, skiing camping place. Like it, they look forward to that, you give them systems, even though it doesn't seem like a system. Um, but that's exactly what you're doing. You're, you're doing a system, you know, keeping it consistent and so, getting your message that's the thing too when you're doing your message out there to people, uh be consistent, you know, have clarity in who you are, be consistent and be congruent in the message so that you can lift people up, lift them up um to not necessarily um where you want them to go, but maybe give them the path so that they see the journey that it's clear and easier for them to go. so that's my yes, take on it.
0: definitely, I love it um well, before we go into where you know you are now let's take a little step back you and i are both come from this whole click funnels world we know all about the origin story and everything so but i sure. love starting with that i love to hear people's stories about where they were before they may have had an epiphany that made them want to do the thing they do now because it's really inspiring and as you mentioned it helps sort of us put our ourselves in their shoes and also to see ourselves on our own journey when we can see it with other people. So uh, if you would just share a little bit about where you were before you became the fundraising maverick, what you were doing then and maybe why if there was something that, you know, an epiphany that caused you to go in that direction.
1: Yeah, sure. I want to backtrack a little too. You know, I studied fashion merchandising and design in college. I went to school in Boston and I was able to go to London, Paris and Rome to do design work for the ghost houses and things like that as a young kid. uh, Exciting. And, you know, we feel like we're so invincible uh, when we're we're young like that. But when I moved back to New York, from Boston to New York, um, met my husband, boyfriend at the time, and we've been married 21 plus years now. Uh, Really proud of that. And uh, it wasn't always easy. But um, but yeah, so in that journey, a period of time, I reinvented myself so many times. I had Uh, studied fashion, but in upstate New York, there wasn't really a fashion house. And here I was in the big, like New York City and Vegas and California and and Italy and London and Paris, like these big houses. And so I thought, this small town girl is going to do that here in Albany, New York. So I tried to find a job. um, And no one would hire me because no one fashion in upstate New York just didn't exist and uh, so i said okay that's fine i end up getting a job selling insurance which i totally hated but i was an overproducer and i got fired from that job i ended up going on unemployment wrote a business plan and i said okay i went to school for fashion i'm going to open a dress shop so i decided you know what the easiest way was the path of least resistance was to open a used consignment shop now today you'll see thousands of play-doh closets right mm-hmm. and recycle and how cool and trendy it is right but when I was figuring it out, it wasn't like people were like embarrassed about wearing clothes that was recycled or uh, Levi vintage jeans. Like they didn't get it. So I named the store Vintage Boutique, and I had new and contemporary fashions, recyclable clothing, uh, sustained uh, in Scotia, New York, which is like. Blue collar, white collar, mm-hmm. like there's you know, right. like it just didn't work. So I had to rename the the company. I renamed it Village Boutique. And when I did that, you know, in the funnel business, we say that how you're just one funnel away, right? So one tweak away. So I changed the um I am the end to ILL, the so Village instead of Vintage, and um, so Village Boutique, and it took off. And so I went from a 900 square foot store to a 1200 square foot store. And as I was doing this, women were coming in. And it was a franchise that people were going bonkers over. And that was a Curves for Women franchise. Mm-hmm. And the Curves for Women franchise, as my women were coming in and buying new clothes, which was exciting, and I was able to pay my bills and college loans and pay, uh, save money for my wedding. And um, I asked the ladies, what are you guys doing? Like, you guys all look amazing. You're so happy. Like, oh, we go to Curves. And so I was like, oh, I got to find out what this is. And so I ended up going... And they're like had franchise opportunities available. And my dress shop was doing so well that I bought my first franchise cash in in Schenectady, New York. And then the thing is that you go to conferences and they get you to buy one more. So then I bought Albany, New York and Mm. thinking this was going to be amazing. This is the answer. And I always like, I played, um, volleyball in high school, I ran track. I was always a little bit on the athletic side um, and then it like went away because I now don't even run or anything. I'm going to try to get back on that though, <laughs> tangent. Um, but uh, I said, all right, I want to do this. So, so my husband stood by me like he always does and I had the dress shop and the curves in Albany went from like just myself managing myself to managing two stores, 20 employees, payroll, workman's comp, taxes, like it was a boof, it was a my journey into entrepreneurship, 101, bootstrap, but yet it was like full bore, and uh, in three years, I went from making a fortune to like, let's say $5 to 5 cents, right, it's like it went to making money, like massive amount of money to like no money at all. So my wow. lifestyle changed and it was a 10 year contract. So for 10 years, I didn't know how to stop the bleeding. Like most entrepreneurs do not know how to stop the bleeding. Not only that, I was so young. I didn't understand the concept of money, a hundred thousand, those dynamics all change. Right? So I didn't understand that. So I had a hard crash course on how to understand a half a million dollars. What do you do with the $30,000 account um, in your bank account? Like you can't just leave it there because you end up paying taxes. you like, you got to learn how to do this stuff, right? So, um, so I got the help I needed and the accountant and the lawyers and, uh, and the expertise, right? I hired people that were smarter than me. And in doing so, after eight years of like almost bleeding to death, I said, uh, you know, I'm now on the verge of bankruptcy now on the verge of marriage being like almost divorce, like it was just horrid. And I took a year off. Most people thought I was um, retired, uh, but I have a summer home and I was hiding. I was embarrassed because here I was high in the hog and now I had nothing and I was reinventing myself. And I went to a bankruptcy lawyer. I went to a divorce lawyer. Like these were hard, dark times back in 2008, 2009, 10. Lost my building to foreclosure. Um, in 2010 so i said to myself what am i going to do that's going to help me that's going to make me feel better and everything i was doing so far was because of a lack of knowledge oh open a dress shop i didn't do the market research the market didn't tell me that they wanted that right? right um curves because everybody was so popular it was a fad i said oh i wanted i wanted it because everybody else wanted it but i never asked myself what does maya want you know, and today I ask myself that question all the time. What does Maya want? Where's Maya going? And because I have clarity now, I know exactly if it's right for me or not. What are my intentions? What are my imp- what's my impact? Where's my legacy? You know, I ask myself these valid questions and then I make better choices because I have a clear goal and I brought the target in a little closer so I could hit it every time. So if it doesn't align with my intentions or my focus or my goals, I just don't do it. Right. Um, because I've learned so much. And that was a hard road when you're thinking divorce and you're thinking a young child that you have and you're thinking your house and, and your homes and your cars and things that you own. I mean literally everything can be gone in a night, right? So I re-rethought of it, took a year off, wrote a one page business plan because I felt like such a failure. And I said, Okay, what do I know how to do? So I said, Well, I know how to market. I have a marketing degree as well, uh, bachelor's in marketing. So um I said, why don't I try marketing to businesses that are struggling like I was when I owned my franchise and things that I learned from corporate, from curves and stuff. And I said, okay, let me implement some of those things. And so I came up with up biz, up, up the biz i wanted to help your business create something new and so that you'd never um it's all positive being up right being up never down so i said i want everything around me to just be that but i still didn't find fulfillment in that i designed a app that helped alleviate child hunger um and that's when it started to strike like oh that's what i should be doing i should be helping more organizations to learn how to fundraise so i started seven years ago helping uh, Leukemia Lymphoma Society, Boys and Girls Club, Girls Inc., Special Olympics, NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. I use the same process every single one, and they raised anywhere from thirty thousand to uh, six hundred and twenty thousand dollars in a ten-week period of time. Amazing! Wow. Using the principles, so I said I got to put this in a book, and um, I attended fundra- I attended uh, Funnel Hacking Live three years ago in Orlando, and I had the epiphany. And you know, Evans that no one can give you the epiphany. You have to have it. So Russell was on stage and he was saying, what are you going to do? Like he was asking the question. And I'm like, I had the epiphany. Like that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to write the book on Raising Secrets. Wow. And so I, I like, that was the aha moment. And my business coach at the time, Rhonda Swan was like, that's what you have to do. That's, that's like what you're supposed to do. And I'm like, I don't know. Am I supposed to do that? And some days I wake up and I don't even want to roll out of bed because I'm like, is this what I'm supposed to do today? But every day someone reaches out to me and says to me, can you help me fundraise? There's a cause. There's this thing that needs to be solved. We can use your help. And it feels not that I need to be wanted, but it feels so good to have the solution to the things that people need and want. So, um, so I wrote the book Fundraising Secrets. I also did write the book um, My Favorite Quotes for Entrepreneurs: Your Interactive Guide to Inspiration and Empowerment, which is this one. This is my first book, and uh, Russell actually put his name, Alex Sharpen, and Russell put their name on the back of this book, which nice. is 100. Yeah, 180 of my favorite quotes. Um, seven principal business exercises, and because I had owned Curves, there's a 30-day journal to keep you inspired and empowered. So I paid dearly for that lesson, but I rewrote the story. And I changed the ending. Yeah. And I think that's what people need to do is change the ending of their story. And as I thought about it, it took me 14 months to write this book, Fundraising Secrets. And it's literally the underground playbook for nonprofits to be able to fundraise fast, grow sponsors, build a massive donor list, upsurge donations, and impact the world. And this book has now been in hundreds, I won't say hundreds of thousands, but definitely um, a large number, definitely in the thousands. Uh, of people's hands and as we get this message out to more people they'll be able to take fundraising to the next level I also um, have the fundraising secrets course and the workbook and the podcast fundraising secrets and also we just started the online course which is fundraising secrets fundraising made easy so uh, so we have all the tools needed for people if they want to impact the world on their time, a do-it-yourself, have it done, perfection every time. You cannot miss because it's step-by-step. It is made easy for you to be able to take the thing that you love the most, whether it be your daughter's um, Daisy's troop or your softball car wash or your the Leukemia Lymphoma Society, blood cancer, big thing, or mental illness. It doesn't matter which one you take it to. The system works for every single one. It's been tested. There's case studies in the book. There's case studies all over um, in my presentation, in the master class, in the um, course itself. And when you come to Fundraising sequence Live Mastery, we go over the case studies and, and teach you. So anybody can do this. I'm nothing special. And Evans, I also want you to know that I did, High school, I graduated. I had to go to summer school. I failed English, and um, and here I have two books now. So again, you can change the ending to your story. It doesn't have to be like that. And yeah. interestingly, on my Instagram, uh, there has been comments like, "Oh, you must be so like because didn't you have to go to summer school to graduate?" And you know, <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, you need to grow up. One and two, again my story will end differently because I change the, the ending right. and anybody that's listening today, know that you can change the ending, find that one person that inspires you or become that person to inspire others.
0: Yes. Change definitely. your mindset
1: to do that. It's your attitude that will get you from one place to the next.
0: Well, I want to go back, back again, back in time again real quick because yeah. there's something that I think I love the whole change the ending. Um, and I love the point that you talked about how it was a lesson, you know, like with the the trouble you went through and everything you went through with curves and like the, the it was not, it wasn't a failure. It was a lesson that you learned, mm-hmm. which is very important. I think everybody that's listening needs to take that away as well as changing the ending. Those two things are huge, but I wanted to ask you now, you said you went, um, you sort of pulled yourself out. And went to the went away, and people thought you were retired. But you said, you know, in your own words, you were hiding out. So yeah, during, depressed. yeah, during those times, during that time, because I'm, yeah, I'm sure it was, you know, it's hard. Were there things that you were doing to sort of, um, you know, like daily rituals, things that you started implementing that helped build yourself up first before you were able to go back out? and reinvent yourself in your business? Was it something that you were doing on a regular basis that you could share with the audience that maybe helped them as well?
1: Sure. In the beginning, my pride and ego was in the way. Until I made peace with my pride and ego, to say, listen, you're human. You made mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. Have you found a perfect person? And when I would say to myself, you're not perfect and you need to forgive yourself. Like you tried and it's okay if you don't try, you know, it's like following up. If you don't ask for the sale, you're never going to get it. Right. Right. You got to keep following up. Right. So I gave myself permission to forgive myself. And I also started journaling. And once I started to write the story over, I really started to become in tune with my senses. Like I, so I have a summer home up in the Adirondacks and it's uh, by the water. And so I was sitting in my hammock and there's a fire pit there. So I started to really uh, take Taking the inventory of what I was grateful for. I was grateful for the dewy, wet uh, sand, the smell of the uh, burnt marshmallows on the fireplace, the fireplace with the waves coming in, but gently, but yet crashing against the rocks. Like those things people never have a chance to experience. The wind, the tree that was dead, but there's an eagle on it. Why did that eagle choose that spot? Like those things I started to think about. I'm like, you know, it's what I create it to be that I can have. And I started to think of myself like, okay, I'm so grateful for the breeze that's coming in. I'm so grateful for the mountains and looking at the mountainside, like no one ever gets to see this, like, but I do. I started to take inventory and be grateful for the moments that I had and had gratitude. I was, even though I was fighting with my husband at the time, I was grateful that he was able to stay with me and understand me. And and I was grateful that I didn't have to change our daughter's lifestyle you know, like we were able to protect her Um, as a mom, you know, you know, like as a parent, you. sometimes that's one of your biggest fears and failure. Right. So things like that, I just started to think abundantly, even though I was in such a place of lack and darkness, I just started to think of all the abundance that were around me, the beauty uh, to appreciate everything else. And that got me through the dark time. And then when I started to do that, I'm like, Oh, I can do this and I can do this and I can do that. Right. And then I I was like, okay, I can I'm creative. I'm really creative. I can create, I can learn how to do graphic work. And so I did, and it sucked. My graphic design skills were horrid. (laughs) But it was what I learned in school. And I started to pull it aside. And then I hired a girl and she would I'd say this is my idea. And I'd spend time on it. And then she would take it over. And now I have beautiful, beautiful graphics. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so so it just like taking time to take inventory of what you want to appreciate here. You are Where Where do you want to go? Where do you see yourself? Give yourself permission uh, to forgive yourself, give yourself permission to fail and say, okay, I'm okay with that. And right. then move forward. Yeah. You know? I love
0: that. Um, you know, actually, um, I think it was yesterday. I was actually watching something. I can't remember. It was, a, and there was a mention of They were talking about gratitude. And when you're in the state of gratitude, you cannot also be in the state of fear or in the state of anxiety. So I think that's a, I love that to that pointer to tip, to give everybody like just start journaling down the things you're grateful for. And you know what I really liked is because going back to what you mentioned previously about, you don't have to do the big thing. You don't have to run the marathon, just go out and run around the block first when you were doing your gratitude things, you were, you were choosing things like the dew, the wet dew on the grass or whatever, just the small things to be grateful for, because a lot of times we forget about all the small things that we have to be grateful for. So I think that's a great pointer. Um, All of that's very good. So I appreciate you sharing that. You're
1: welcome. I remember that day as it was, it was seven years ago, but I remember like how lonely I felt, how distant, how um, vulnerable, how destitute, how uh, embarrassed. hmm you know all those all those things and and if i did it again and you know my parents would say get a job my friends would say get a job most of them wanted you to get a job because they didn't understand entrepreneurship to begin with right and i'm wired differently if any other entrepreneurs are listening right now they they are wired differently right there are people they get how we are and we are relentless. We're the only ones that will work 80 hours <laughs> a week. <laughs> right. And not get paid and say, why would you work 40 and work the <laughs> right. minimum wage? Exactly. You know, like like who's who's got their marbles all loose in there? So, but yeah, it's true. We have to um believe in ourselves. When we believe in ourselves, um, and the mindset that we can accomplish anything. And we have to teach our kids that too.
0: Yeah. That they yeah. can be
1: everything, anything that they desire. Um, all it is is studying That's all it is. That's how I wrote a book is I just looked it up and studied how to do it. Step one, two, three, having a process, uh, writing a course, doing a podcast. You know, at first I'm sure Evans, when you started this podcast, you had to figure some things out. Yeah. Right. It wasn't that easy, but now it's like clockwork. You can do it straight up. No, no problem. Yeah. You know, bam, bam, boom. And people are like, I'm so intimidated by that. They're, they're like, uh, introverted with being even on a Facebook live or even on a podcast. They're like, okay, how do I do that? And it's not for me. And I interviewed someone earlier and she said the same thing. This is my first podcast. I'm really nervous. And I, you know what, I knew she was nervous and I can strip stuff out but I just let her talk because she was so excited and her anxiety. And mm-hmm. I think the second time, like you have to know where people are. You don't, you can't do what they, what you want. You have to let them do what they want, let them be where they want to be. And then eventually they'll get there. So yeah. uh, sometimes we rush people and rush things and we want it, you know, immediate gratification. So we have to be um, able to be patient in this new world. Um, impact doesn't just happen, uh, overnight. It takes, it compounds, right? So, so that's something really important.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, I want to jump in because I know I have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to this show. And so I always like to touch on some business aspects too. But one thing that interests me because there's so, and, and you being a podcaster as well, Um, but there's so many platforms out there to get our message out. You know, there's no excuse to not be loud because you can be out there anywhere, but I'm curious for you, um, whether it's for you, your personality and the people you're trying to attract and affect the tribe, what platform is your favorite, is the most effective at getting your message out and attracting and affecting the right people?
1: Okay, this is a big question. And I have to tell you, I'm, I hope they're listening because if you are putting all your content on Facebook, you don't control Facebook. And Facebook can shut you down anytime. In fact, it just happened to me. Oh, I've yeah? been <laughs> shut down from Facebook until January 30th. It is the first month of the first quarter. And I do a lot of marketing on Facebook. And Facebook, someone must have reported me. And they have p- temporarily blocked me on any groups uh, wow. for the month. Now that's going to hurt my business. I, I, it's not—they blocked me on anybody else's group. So in our Two Comma Club group, I can't post in there. In some other groups that I belong to, that I po- uh, that I pay for, I can't post in there. I can't be active in it. I can like, but I can't um, my my like I can't comment. I can't ask questions. Right. So, so if you're only putting using Facebook. Uh, know that you don't control that. If you are going to be using YouTube, there's some guide, like if you're in a children's uh, audience, there's a lot of laws against the children. There's new stuff happening with YouTube. I don't know all the laws, but you can look it up. And there's uh, some places there. Instagram seems to be really good. uh, TikTok has become really popular if you're into the videos and short. I'm not um, a uh, Snapchat person. Uh, But to get my message out there, and it's so important in today's business that you start building your own list, the list you own, the list you control, the list you can market from anytime, any day, you have the control and the power over your list. So if you ask me, where should they go? They should use their favorite uh, CRM to be able to build their list whether that be Constant Contact or Actionetics with um, ClickFunnels or AWeber or whatever they decide, but choose a platform that you can actually control your list and build your list so that you can have a business. If you do not have a business, you do not have, if you do not have a list, you do not have a business. So it doesn't matter how many friends you have on Facebook or followers or on Instagram or Twitter or uh, social media and any platform, LinkedIn. LinkedIn is one of my favorite platforms, by the way, to play. Um, But you need to build your list, and so that you have complete control of your content, that you're consistent, and that you can actually convert it. Most of the times, you cannot convert because Facebook doesn't like you to be selling on Facebook. So you have to be able to uh, have a place where you can convert those leads, drive engagement, and um, and, you know, always, always be creating something. Uh, where you can tell your story and sometimes Facebook is not the the place to do it uh, because they control you and your audience and even driving traffic and it can be expensive. So owning yeah. your list is the best way for you to go. In my opinion, LinkedIn is the next place that I, if I wanted to play uh, LinkedIn would be the next place. And then after that would be Instagram and YouTube.
0: Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, building a list, as it, you know we've both heard russell tell that story before how having a list saved him many times over his career and it's true i mean but the one thing that you and i'm sure it, i heard you mention this too is it's it's a good place to tell your story and stories i think it's really smart um and i'd be interested to hear from you do you cause you need to stay engaged with that list. So many entrepreneurs make the mistake of I've got this email list with 10,000 people on it. Well, how often do you send them emails? Uh, well, it's been like five months. <laughs> it's like, Okay. That's really not helping you. It's not serving you really that well. So do you have like a system in place where you make sure you email people a certain amount to keep them engaged? Um, and do you, in those emails, do you focus on more, relationship or more selling or a combination of both maybe
1: a combination of both and first part question is how frequently do you email your list so if you're Russell Brunson it's every day if you're other marketers like um, i trying to think uh, Grant Cardone it's every day if it's uh Gary Vee it's every day right they are just right. content producers and they just get their list out there and they have hundreds and thousands of people that they're um reaching and targeting too with a different message. If you are Ty Lopez, it's every day, right? Um, if you're Maya McNulty or Evans, you're probably twice a week. And what I do is the people that don't open it, I give them, I do the three day unless it's a weekend, they'll do four days, uh, to, to resend that email. to the people that have not opened it yet, oh, yeah. but I always, mm-hmm. I set up two emails a week. So in essence, it's going out four times if they don't open it. Right. So, but twice a week, at, but I'm, I'm thinking for 2020, I'm going to start opening it to three times a week and I schedule it. So if I'm traveling or if anything's going on, uh, it's scheduled and it's consistent. If you're going to be sending emails and, and nurturing your list, this is where it's a cool opportunity for you to sell, whether it's going to be affiliate or your products or, or even having them listen to your podcast, being consistent on a regular basis and having them be top of mind. Um, and you might think that you're bombarding the email list, but they're probably looking forward to your story. Yeah, they, they're, they're searching to build a relationship. There are people out there that actually look forward to hearing from you and like your business and the services, or they wouldn't have subscribed or opted. And the option is to unsubscribe as well. So if they don't want to be there anymore, they can actually unsubscribe.
0: Right. So
1: if you're not serving them in your list, um, and they're there because they want to be sold to, they like what you have. So don't feel like you can't sell to them because that's why they're there. They opt in because they know what they're opting into. Exactly, right? exactly. So, so don't feel like you are doing them a disservice. You're actually doing the disservice if you don't sell to them. And you're doing a disservice to them if you're not selling to them and selling at a higher price because they want what's different about you. Yes. They've, they've already picked you. They chose you. Out of thousands of people out there, they chose you to be on your list so that you could sell them the one thing that you have. Now, in my footers, I have backlinks to like, uh, if they want the One Funnel Away Challenge, like affiliate stuff, right? I also have my podcast. I have a calendar if they want to hook up with me to schedule an appointment. So those things are like in my footer, but then I have a content where I'll talk about something. So this week, I talked about my relationship with uh, Russell Brunson and the Two Comma Club and the and big conversation was, Hey, if you lost everything, and I can relate to the story because back in 2008. So um, uh, if you're interested in taking this three day summit, which is the one fun way challenge. So that's my mm-hmm. li- li- you know, affiliate one. And then I have um, my podcast, like, okay, here's a new episode of podcast. So those are the two that I have out this week. Um, one today, one tomorrow, that'll go out and then the, the, the people that didn't open it will have another opportunity. So just being consistent in that, but always I would always be selling in my emails or offering value that would lead to me having some type of a sale.
0: Right, right. Well, have one thing I want to, one thing you said that I hope everybody heard because it's really important, and I was actually going to sort of jump in and say this, and then you said it for me was if you have something of value to somebody that can help them, you're doing a disservice by not selling it to them. You know, a lot of times it's, we, a lot of people have that mindset where I don't want to sell. I don't want to seem pushy. I don't want to be the used car salesperson. And we're not saying, and you're not saying to do that, obviously, but if you have something valuable that's going to help somebody, then it's, you know, as Myron, Uncle Myron says, it's your moral obligation to sell that to them because they need it, you know? So as long as you're providing value and you have a valuable service and you know what you have helps people, then you should never feel um, bad about sending emails. You know, you should never, and I like the fact too, one other thing you said that I want everybody to hear because I think a lot of people have hangups about this. And uh, we did the same thing in our business that I was in previously was sending, you know, if they don't open that email, don't be afraid if your CRM allows it, which most do, to set it up to resend that same email to them again in a couple of days. Cause people get busy. It's not that you're bothering them. They probably never saw it or by the time they get the second one, the first one's buried a hundred emails deep. So it's not like you're being obnoxious by doing that. Um, so I'm just curious too, if you, when you do that, do you see a difference in your sales numbers by sending out that second email? Does it help if they haven't opened the first one and they get the next one?
1: Yeah. Your open rate um churns. It does. It increases.
0: That's good. That's good to know yeah. because I know yeah. we did that in the past too. And I was just curious. I was, that was a little bit of a selfish question. So anyway, yeah, it does, <laughs> it does.
1: listen. They already raised their hands to yes. tell you they like you, they want to do business with you. They, they're consuming your content, but what else do you have? And Russell brought this up as, as a value ladder, right? The value ladder is, the thing that got them into your email list, you know, that free offer, that Mm -hmm. content that, that resonates with. Then the second thing is like that book offer or that course or ebook or pamphlet or PDF that says, okay, this thing, this one thing will solve this problem that I have. The next thing is your webinar where you're having a master class and you're sending them up and you're giving them the opportunity to say, okay, I like what you have. I don't really know you. I'm starting to consume your stuff, but if I could learn a little bit more and spend some quality time with you pulling at those love languages, uh, what else do you have that would make my life easier? And now they're consuming your webinar and and your courses. And if they really like you, they'll start coming to your live events. And after that they'll they'll say, Hey, will you work with me one-on-one? So you can see the ascension, you can see the progression of people wanting to work with you. I use a similar model in fundraising secrets as a value ladder, but it's a way to drive. The value ladder drives uh, donations, it drives volunteers, and um, and a, an ascension so that they stay longer within the organization. Not, and as they stay, their network and the net worth increase. So that's a different way of doing it, but it's the same concept. Just like a dentist would say, "Hey, you've got um, you need a uh, tooth cleaning, right? So come right. on in, get your teeth cleaning, <laughs> and then after that, it's like you got yellow teeth, and they're selling you." then white teeth whitening. And then, uh, I right. oh, got a crooked teeth and I got braces and visal lines. <laughs> and then, Oh, you got a chip tooth. And now you're sell- selling me cosmetic surgery and not, now, you know, you took me up the value ladder there. So, right. uh, so businesses, grocery stores, everybody's been using it. It probably was never explained that way to you before, not you, but cause you know, but the audience and, yes. um, and they can see that they've actually been part of a value ladder, a process. And they've also raised their hand to say, yes, I want that thing. Just like the market would run an ad saying, we have 10 cent bananas and 5 cent eggs. You're running in there, but you're going to get more than one thing. That lead led you to come in and buy those 5 cent eggs and 10 cent bananas. And then you bought uh, steaks for, and lobster as you <laughs> right. walked out. Right. <laughs> so they ascended you up the value ladder of their organization. So they, it's like McDonald's, you want fries with that. Right, They yeah. just ascended you and, and made more money to uh, supersize the value meal. So that's the same concept. It's just taught a different way. And if you can grab the concept of that, then you are able to serve more people and give them that attention that they deserve. Now, you can't work with everyone and nor do you want to. Um, and not everyone's going to agree with you. But the people that have raised their hand have said they like you and they're basically saying, sell it to me.
0: Yes. I'm
1: interested in what you have. Sell to me. So you shouldn't be ashamed of that. Uh, you got to get comfortable with um, asking for the sale, you know, get yeah. comfortable knowing that you deserve to make a living and this, enjoy this life of entrepreneurship.
0: Yeah. Because you can't, if you don't, if you're not making money, you can't serve anybody. You can't serve your mission um that exactly. you wanted to have so all right so that one last sense, question yeah
1: that makes sense because yeah. if you're not making money you can't donate to the causes that you are actually pas- passionate about
0: exactly right exactly so, so it's really right. smart i mean that's the one thing about entrepreneurs that i think at least i hope i i'm seeing a trend i feel like or maybe it's just the networks that i'm in but i see so many impact driven entrepreneurs where the goal is not to, hey, I've got this new fancy car, I've got this, I'm making money to create a legacy for my family, but also so that I can then impact the world the way I want to, whether it's donating, whether it's starting my own organization, whatever it is. Um, So I think a lot of entrepreneurs are going in that direction, at least I hope hope what I'm seeing in my little network is really going on outside of the network as well, because sometimes we do have blinders. Um, but one last question I want to ask you because yeah. we are in a new, new decade and then we got to wrap yeah. things up. Um, how moving forward, if it's like one big thing you're planning on doing moving forward, how do you plan to serve your tribe at the highest level to transform their lives moving into the next decade?
1: It's a good question. Um, Evans, everyone has a different thing that is for them right like uh someone just losing 10 pounds that might be their first goal and that's the thing that they want to achieve so um or maybe they want to run a marathon and they have to take months and months of training right or maybe they want to write a book and just need the fundamentals of how to write a book everyone has a different thing that they're going to aspire to be but if someone wants to um do one thing the way you do one thing is how you do everything you have to just get started so whatever you want to do and accomplish comes down to your attitude, mindset, and just doing it like Nike says, just do it get out there and do it start doing make a plan, have a structure and follow your structure. That's how you're gonna accomplish what you want to do in 2020. you have to have a structure you have to have a plan and you have to just go at it do it mindset those days I wake up and I don't even want to get out of bed you know um. And whatever, there was dark times, but now I'm like, okay, I, this is only affecting me. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: they have to just get, you know, make the decision to decide to just go after it and do it, get it done. Um, Make a plan, give them a timeline, give them a hard deadline and say, by this date I have to have this done.
0: Yes. And uh, you know what I like that, what you mentioned earlier too, you don't have to, go from zero to ten at once, you can go just, you know, take the first step because you can't take the second step till you've taken the first step.
1: Um, exactly so, right.
0: So I love that. I love that. Well I appreciate you being on here and
1: yeah. I was trying
0: to think. I'm attached to this cord. I was going to jump over here and grab it. I've actually got your book, fundraising yeah, cool. secrets. Um, because I'm working with a nonprofit. I'll
1: put it up. Yes, there you <laughs> there go. You fundraising
0: go. secrets. I'm working with a nonprofit now sort of on a pro bono Um, level, a friend of mine who has a nonprofit that actually works with um, young school children to help them, you know, sort of give them the things that the opportunities that they're missing out on, you know, like career guidance, uh, helping them find leadership, you know, develop leadership, things like that. So it's a really cool thing. And I immediately as soon as I talked to him, and I'm like, He's like, I need your help with marketing. I'm like, I understand that part. But I said, let me do this. I got to get this book. So I went and grabbed your book right immediately and started reading. So I can just attest to the fact that it is very, very valuable. Um, And we've already sort of implemented some of the things from that book with their nonprofit. So moving into this decade with them, I expect to see a lot of success, especially going back to fundraising secrets. So, um, but that being said, <laughs> I cool. just wanted to, Hey,
1: let me, let me add one more thing just to yes. help your organization. So organizations like that, it's hard to have events. Uh, so what you want to really do with that is create a sponsorship ask um, and create that and then send it out to some of the uh, biggest corporations that you actually have passion for, not just because you want to spam them, but they right. align with the, the children's missions and their goals, like, like Criolla Creon, pencils, like, uh, things that resonate with those children and children organizations. Oh, I Go love after it. those companies for sponsorship ask. And you can find them going to hunter.io and search global marketer for Criolla creons or global marketer for Play School. right? Like the companies, um, I'm trying to say Fisher Price. Mm-hmm. Like the names of big brands that align with children and go after them because they, Pampers, Right. You think, I think there might be Johnson and Johnson, but there's divisions and each division you want to send it to all those different divisions because each division has their own checkbook and most people don't know that. So they have their own checkbook that they can say, okay, we want to sponsor, our organization wants to sponsor this. Our department wants to sponsor this. Right. So you send that sponsorship ask to each of those departments and that's where, and I would make the sponsorship. I wouldn't ask for like, Uh, $500. I'd start at like $2,500, $5,000, $7,500, $10,000 and then show the impact of the number of kids that they're going to impact and with these dollars. And if you can show the impact, then that's when they say yes to that uh, sponsorship ask.
0: I love that.
1: Yeah. So that's how that section of the book works. Um, And I teach that in Fundraising Secrets Mastery. And I also teach that on the online course of Fundraising Secrets. So, you just that's the hitting secret where people are like, How do I get the money? How do I get the money? If you do events, you got to get people. Like, it's a strategic way to do it. And that's how we did $100,000 for Nami by doing an event. But uh, there's other ways. And just doing a sponsorship ask is the number one way for you to actually make money quickly. And people are like, Oh, I'm going to get grants. Like, there's grants out there but not for what you want to do. I mean, there's out there, but it's hard for you to get because you're competing with so many other organizations. But if you just write a really uh, smart sponsorship ask, you reach out to those specific companies, go to a toy store and to Mattel, right? Like I'm starting to like think like just throw them yeah, out Yeah, definitely. This is what I do, right? So you write down all these big toy companies, right? And then you reach out to them. They all have a global alliance manager that can write a check up to $20,000 with one signature.
0: I love it. So everybody listening, there you go. That was like immense amount of value (laughs) right there. So yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, before we, before I jump in to let you share a few places for people to find you, I want to just share a few takeaways that I had. Um, I could just go, I could have a list of hundreds, but I just limited it (laughs) to three today. Um, Just these are for the listeners. These are things that I picked up that they can actually go out and start implementing now. And one of them was to change the ending of your own story, which I loved. You talked about that in the beginning. You know, you have the ability to change that ending. Number two was consistency. You know, that was a theme that you touched on quite a little bit throughout this podcast. I think if everybody reminds themselves, consistency in your publishing, getting your stuff out there, consistency in the way you um, just everyday actions, everything. That was very cool. Like consistency in your gratitude practice consistency was huge and third coming from our you know this is from our mentor himself you don't have a business until you have a list you got to build your list that goes for you know nonprofits everybody you know especially a nonprofit organization because think about how inexpensive it is to send out an email to 10,000 people compared to reaching 10,000 people on facebook or sending out a flyer to 10,000 people physically so build a list. I think that's huge. And the last little bit of value, if you guys are wanting to rewind just a bit, that last thing you just dropped value bomb was awesome. So I appreciate it, Maya. Thank you for coming on. Um, and I want to give you the opportunity real quick if you where people can find you and I'll put the links in the in the show notes as well. But if you don't mind just the best place to get in touch with you and how they can get your book or anything else you want to share with them.
1: Yeah, awesome. Well, Evans, thank you so much, first of all. I really appreciate the time and thank you to the listeners. And I really appreciate and hope they share this and this content resonates with them. Uh, if you're looking to get in touch with me and want to learn a little bit more about Fundraising Secrets, go to fundraisingsecrets.org, fundraisingsecrets.org, and all the information is there. And if you're looking to attend one of my events, it's events.fundraisingsecrets.org, and they can get in touch with me in there, uh, there as well. And everything's in the footer of how to get in touch with me. Uh, So if they go to those fundraisingsecrets.org or events.fundraisingsecrets.org, everything's in the footer and they can get the books and access to uh, some of the VIP training.
0: Awesome. Well, I appreciate it. And get on your list so they can get your emails.
1: Oh, they will get on the list when they do that. That's for sure.
0: (laughs) There you go. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you, Maya. Once again, I appreciate it. And I hope that we'll connect. Well, people that are seeing this, it's already going to happen, but I hope to connect with you in Funnel Hacking Live in a couple of weeks in uh, Nashville, Tennessee.
1: I will and, see you in Nashville.
0: Yes, I do appreciate you coming on and sharing with us.
1: I appreciate you as well. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye, Bye, everybody. Wow, what another great episode. Our guests are amazing, and I appreciate each and every one of them for spending some time with us. And also, I appreciate you for taking the time to listen or to watch. If you find this valuable and think others would enjoy it too, would you please leave us a comment on Facebook, leave us a comment on the YouTube channel, give us a thumbs up, subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to our Apple Podcast and leave us a review. We would appreciate it. Any way you're watching, listening, consuming this, just to get some feedback and to see that you're enjoying the kind of content we're putting out. It would mean the world to us. We wanna make sure we're making a positive impact on everybody that's listening. And by doing that, you also help us make sure that other people who may need to hear the messages of my guests will also hear them. So thank you again, I appreciate it. And listen, if you've got a a desire to start it, an impact, purpose-driven business, but don't know where to start, please reach out to me. I'll be glad to jump on a call with you just to give you some advice, some things I've learned from my guests, some things I've learned from my journey. Just come find me on Facebook. It's Evans Putman, E-V-A-N-S-P-U-T-M-A-N coaching. Evans Putman Coaching on Facebook. You can also find me on Instagram at Evans Putman. Send me a direct message. However you want to reach out to me, just please do it. I'll be glad to jump on and help you out. And if you think you're perfect for this podcast, I can't wait to hear from you. So reach out to me as well. Thank you again. Look forward to seeing you on the next Infinite Impact Radio episode.